Michael Yo. The Michael Yo Show. Celebrities. To be honest, I don't like male strippers. Pop culture. And comedy. That's what I'm trying to do is streamline this whole thing into a cult. Plus, 10 things you should know with Yo. The Michael Yo Show starts now. 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 Oh, yeah. Are we on, Ernie? The engineer? Are we on? Are we on? Are we on? Okay. I know. Live inside the studio. Oh, first of all, thank you for listening to the podcast. Thanks for coming back every single time. Making sure you rate, review, subscribe. Give it five stars. Because that's what I need. Because daddy needs some food for his family. That's all I'm saying. This is how I pay my bills. All right, Gina. Now, I'm going to mess up your last name. I already know this. Gina. God, and you told me before. The show. No, See. I know. This I, is like a quiz now. I get scared when I say people's names because I always mess up names. Like, me too. And I, that's why I don't take it personally. You know what? Like, I heard it's a disease. I heard this. Get some, out. I heard it's like a fear. It's like not a ragnophobia. Like a, phobia? That's a phobia. It's a phobia. I have a phobia of saying people's names. I really do. I did not realize that could be a thing, but I have a phobia of pronouncing things wrong then because I'm so afraid. Any big word I see, I always, I like, I have a mini panic attack where I have to break it down. I'm having a man, uh, uh, a panic attack right now because I don't want to mess up your last name. Here we go. Gina. You got it. Okay. Gina Gina Brion. You said it perfectly. Gina Brion. Is that Italian? Brion. You know what? It's, if you, if you can, you know, turn those L's into a Y, it's actually, it's Puerto Rican. I'm Puerto Rican. Oh, you're Puerto Rican. it's Brion. Brion. uh, Or as as the French will say it, uh, Brion. Brion. In some like French, like Brion. (laughs) Brion. I feel like there's some French probably in my, I don't know, Puerto Ricans get around, you know what I'm saying. Uh, I I didn't know that about you, but okay. (laughs) Puerto Ricans begin around, you know. (laughs) I'm sure my family had some uh, special visitors. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I got to do an Ancestry.com thing, but I feel like I'm going to do it. It's going to explode because Puerto Ricans are so mixed. It's they like, are. See? That, so mixed. But let me tell you, I love being mixed. I yes. love the mixture. I feel blessed. Me too. To be mixed because, I mean, being ethnic, woohoo, yay. It, it wasn't cool like when I was growing up, but oh. now. It's, oh, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, totally grew, in. I grew up in Houston, Texas, all white neighborhood. It was not cool at all. Ooh. I mean, like, white girls loved me because I was different. You, you know? were different. They yeah. were like, oh, he's as close as they the went, black we're going to get. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm going to bring him home and my dad's going to be so happy. <laughs> I can tell him he's Mexican. <laughs> All right, so last night you were at the Comedy Cellar and you licked the microphone. Tell me about this, which is disgusting because probably okay. about hundreds of comics oh, have, oh, have spit I want to cut my tongue off. into that uh, mic. And how did you accidentally lick a microphone last so night? So I was, I was <laughs> like talking into the microphone and this girl said something and, and, I, and I went, <laughs> like, just Oh, like, you stuck out your tongue. I did a, I did a Cardi B, like, <laughs> and my tongue touched the microphone and I was so like in the moment I was like don't cry don't cry don't cry because I was like (laughs) (laughs) that's just did you did you like brush your teeth wipe off the tongue right after right after I went to the bathroom and I was like I'm like rinsing out my mouth and I'm just like it's never gonna be the same it's not is it your change this was a microphone in Vegas oh like, come on. Like, it's bad enough that it's a microphone, but it's a Vegas microphone. I don't know the lineage of this microphone. That microphone has herpes. Oh, that, that microphone, microphone has, has everything. You got, mouth, you got AIDS mouth. Or I have now a bionic mouth and <laughs> can now survive anything because I've licked a Vegas microphone. So. Now, now, for people just getting familiar, you're a comic. I am a stand-up comedian, And yes. you crush it. 
Aw, shucks. Been touring all around the world with uh, Gabriel Iglesias. Yes, and we have dates coming up, actually. Okay, so two of the biggest gigs I've ever had are coming up in December. Staples Center and Honda Civic Center. Stop it. I'm doing those with Gabriel. How did you get hooked up with Gabriel? Okay, that's a cool story. So, um... Uh, what my former management uh, w- wanted me to work with George Lopez originally they were pushing me to try to team up with George Lopez whom I would still love to work with but our schedules like never kind of m- you're like, too matched. busy for George Lopez I got it no, I got uh, it <laughs> <laughs> I mean I wish that was the case but it was more like yeah George doesn't really have time okay. <laughs> I wish that was the case we're like oh, Gina's too busy right now Mr. <laughs> Mr. Lopez maybe later but uh, no we just I we couldn't catch him at a good time and then uh, it just so happened that Gabriel's management happened to be in Montreal the same year I was, and Gabriel was another one that they for wanted. For Just for Laughs? For Just for Laughs. It was, I can't remember if it was the year I did New Faces or if it was the year after, but they Joe Malosh, who had seen me at a showcase, he was like, you know, we'd love to have you on Stand Up Revolution, Gabe's show. Uh, but you had to audition. And I had been very hit or miss with Comedy Central at least in terms of stand-up comedy content. Like, I would get some auditions, I wouldn't get some. It was very, like, you know, we had a relationship where it was like, you know, we had a good relationship, but it was always like, I was like, oh, man, I don't know. It's always so hit or miss with them. I don't know if I'm going to get this. Then I went and I did the showcase, and I ended up getting the show. And the night that we were filming, (laughs) I was standing in what I thought was the community green room. But it was Gabriel's green room. And so he comes walking in. I just recently told him this story, too. He comes walking in, and he's so very gracious. He's always so very nice. And he was like, hi, thanks for doing the show. It's really nice to meet you. And then there was this, like, pause. Pause. (laughs) And he's just looking at me, and I'm just looking at him. Because I'm like in awe. And I'm like, thanks for having me Because you think you're in the, the community green room. Yeah, and I'm, I'm like, supposed that's to be so here. cool. He hangs out with everybody in the community <laughs> green room. That's my dumb thought. And then he just looks at me and he goes, I have to change. And I went, oh, 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 I'm in the wrong spot. And I like, I was so horribly embarrassed. I ran out of the room. We didn't talk the rest of the night because I was hiding from him like a child. And um, the next week, I think when he was editing it, he sends out a tweet. Because he was sitting in the editing room and he happened to see my set. He sends out a tweet and he's like, just finished editing Gina Brion's set for Stand Up Revolution. Everybody add her. Tell her at Fluffy sent you. So I wake up on the East Coast to all of these new Twitter followers. And I'm like, what is going on? This is like the Twilight Zone. I'm like, what did I do? And then I see Gabriel's tweet and I DM him and I'm like, oh my God, thank you so much. He's like, how are you liking the new followers? And we became like... Twitter buddies. And then I think I sent him like a happy new year message on Twitter. And he was like, I don't really get on my Twitter like that. So here's my cell. And then we became text buddies. And then it came up. uh, He had a couple of dates on tour and he started slowly kind of bringing me out on tour. And then the first official tour I was on was beyond the fluffy, which is the tour that he's still, he's still on right now. Actually, Um, all the dates are still, I think, I think they still have dates. Um, What's the best thing about touring with him? Man. Besides the sold out arenas where new people can discover you, but like, are you learning from him? That's the thing. The best thing, honestly, is talking to him. That's the thing. Like, he's so knowledgeable and he's incredibly smart and he's incredibly kind and giving with his time. You know, when you sit down and you talk with him, I remember one of the best pieces of advice he ever gave me was when we first um, started working together. He said, never be afraid to ask questions. If you're in a room, it doesn't matter how many suits are in that room. Never be afraid to ask questions. Always ask questions. Always ask why. Always ask how. 
you know, and I never forgot that. I never forgot that it's still, cause we all do it. Yeah. You sit in the rooms and you just sit quiet, even though you have a million questions and you don't ask them. And it was one of the best things anybody could have ever told me was don't be afraid to ask questions. And now I'm not. I'll throw them out. You throw them out. And people yeah. are like, stop asking questions. Yeah. Oh, you're people that, hate it. Oh, yeah. You're that student that used to be at school where it's like, I got another question. Yeah. You're like, shut you up. You forgot about our homework, <laughs> Mrs. Rodriguez. What, what, now, you have a twin sister as well. I have an identical is twin sister, Is she yes. funny or no? She's hilarious. She is, first of all, she has the best memes in the world. I love memes. And when we're sad, we'll send each other memes. Like, she'll text me and she'll be like, can I have some funnies, please? And I'll, like, send her some memes. And it's the best thing in the world. She's so funny she's very dark mm. funny like dark and sarcastic kind of funny has and she tried stand up she has in the beginning um we had actually performed uh together i think once even and um she's a personal trainer now she's amazing at her job uh and she's a wonderful mother to my niece jordan shout out to jordan what's up jordan, um, what's up, jordan? um she's she's just an amazing person like my i really I admire my sister a lot you got a special Easily Offended HBO. HBO Easily Offended. It's coming out August 16th. Okay, nervous about this? Or it's done, you've moved on? You know, I'm excited more than I'm nervous. I think because, I don't know, it's just, it was such a fun project for me that I was, I was happy with how it turned out. Like my set could not have been better. I hated my outfit. If I'm going to be 100% honest with you. <laughs> Who picked out your outfit? Did you pick it out or did a stylist? Sorry, get- HBO. Um, HBO picked out my outfit and uh. I hated it so much I cried in my green room. And in the end, everybody told me it looked great and I was just in my head about it. Like, Do you think they were lying? No, because it came from some of my best um, gay friends. But do you so, think they were lying? Like, but do you think they were lying because no, you were shooting your special? My gay friends wouldn't lie to me. Okay, <laughs> they, they would be honest with me. So my best gay, I like, I, I text like my group of my best, my most fashionable gay friends that I know. And so, and they were like, no, no, it looks great. I love the color, whatever. And I just had to be reassured because it was very much not what I was used to. It was a lot of bright, it was a bright red jacket. So it was yeah. a lot of uh, color. T- a lot of TV shows, they want you to wear bright colors. Yes. Because you pop. It, they say it makes you pop yeah. on screen. Did it make you pop, you feel? It, honestly, it did. But And I think that's what, because I wasn't used to seeing it, because I'm so used to sticking with dark colors whenever I'm on camera, that pop like threw me off. But everybody that's seen it has been like, oh my God, please tell me you still have that out. I'm wearing the pantsuit, right? And this is the pantsuit. There's is no it. color in that. There's no color, but the jacket was bright red and I still have the jacket. Because okay. um, if you buy me clothes, I'm going to keep them. Hang on one second. Uh, I know we're live, but I got there's, there's a baby situation. Hi guys, welcome to the Gina Brion moment of the Michael Yo Facebook Live. I know. <laughs> welcome, welcome to this private moment with Gina. <laughs> I mean, like, Come on, baby, the kids running around. <laughs> He's actually the next interview. We're gonna bring, we're gonna my bring kid, the baby in. My kid is downstairs, just running around crazy, <laughs> like just ah, boom, 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 boom. And my, I was like, honey, we got a podcast. Don't going. you miss the freedom of doing that as a kid? Though, like as a grown up, <laughs> I wish I could just run around and scream like a psychopath, <laughs> like a kid can. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you walk down Hollywood Boulevard, you'll see that a I'll lot. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll be right. I just need to get something off my chest. I'll be right uh, back, you guys. Uh, uh, so I'm sorry about that. But, no, you know, no, no, I got, you're I, got fine. A, I got a two-year-old son, and now we're having another one. So oh I God. know my wife's pregnant. Yeah, Congrats. yeah, we're gonna have another kid. So everybody wants a girl. 
because we have a son. What are you hoping for? Oh, no, I don't care now. The first time, though, I wanted a boy because I needed like a test dummy. Before I had a girl, seriously, yeah. like I could, I could try. I felt like even though they're they're one's not more fragile than the other, yeah. I felt like with a boy, I could like you know if I mess up, it's fine. He's a boy, <laughs> you know. Now I'm ready for a girl because I know what I'm doing now yeah. to a certain point. I think with the first kid, I've noticed with with parents, it's like the first kid, you're like, yeah, this is the trial period. Yeah, like and 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 you're usually like with my sister, she only has one kid. Like my sister decided after one kid, she was like, nope, I'm tapping out of the baby game. Yep. But like when she had her daughter, she was very like uh, every everything was making her nervous. Everything she did, she felt like was wrong. See, I felt I, I felt like I would have been that dad. Yeah. Like if if the kid would have fell, I'm like, oh, that's a girl. I got to be more sensitive to yeah. it, you know. So now I know how to play the game. So now I'm ready for a girl. Yeah. But it's so funny. My wife uh, now is like, I hope it's a girl. I hope it's a girl. Where the first time the roles have reversed, I was like, I hope it's a boy. I hope it's a boy. And she would go, Hey, as long as it's healthy. So now my wife is like, I hope it's a girl. I want a girl. And I'm like, as long as it's healthy. (laughs) (laughs) So we totally flipped. We totally flipped. You just have one sister, right? No brothers or anything. Oh no. I have a, I have, I have two sisters and two brothers. Okay. There's five of us all together. Who's the funniest in the family? Me, son. <laughs> no, no. If I'm being honest, they're all funny. I, I, it's hard to pick the funniest because I think all of my siblings are more funnier than me. Um, I don't know, man. My brother Steven is hilarious. Like he cracks me up all the time. He's so funny, but so is my brother. And, and they're all funny in their own way. Like Steven's like dark funny. And my twin sister is also dark funny. My twin sister and my brother Steven, they have very similar personality types. Like that's his personality twin. Like my twin sister. And then my older sister Veronica's my personality twin. Where like us together, we have very similar uh, personality traits. And then my older brother, my eldest brother, Tony, he is just silly, goofy, funny. And he makes me laugh so much. But my parents are funny too. Like my dad's silly, goofy, funny. And my mom's like the straight man. My mom's funny when she doesn't realize she's being funny. Yeah. yeah. And that's It's best. great to have funny parents. Oh my God, yeah. And parents that can just laugh. My parents like always make fun. Ever since I can remember, they always used to just one up each other. Like that's all they to this day. That's, that's so all they do. Great, though they just crack jokes on one another, and I think that's why they've been together forty seven years. Like yeah. that's all they do is crack jokes at each other's expense all day long. Yeah, and, and that's the fun part of marriage and being married for a long time. I feel like you know my parents joke around like that too. Like my dad. Will now, talk do you do that? Trash. You're married, right? I am. Now you you are married. You recently got married. I'm married for about a year and a, a little bit over a year and a half. Okay, what was the toughest thing? Like once you got married, did anything change, or you like one thing really Nothing changed? Nothing changed really. I mean, in terms of how we ran the relationship, certain things changed because of you know taxes and stuff. <laughs> but like uh, in reality, the hardest thing I think was sharing a living space with somebody that I was in a relationship with because I hadn't done it in a while. And so learning how to cope with another person being in your space, I didn't realize was going to be such an issue where it was like, oh, you're just here like all the time. (laughs) So we're always together. Because you're gone. And then when you come home, I would have feel if I was a husband, I would need to be around you because you're gone a lot. Exactly. And then you may be like, I just want some free time to myself. I'm like, I'm just happy to be home. I'm just a selfish person. I need some free time. (laughs) (laughs) But I had to just adjust because I'm also not used to, I travel by myself so much and I'm by myself so much that like, when I'm with somebody else, sometimes I have to remind myself that there's even another person in the room because I'm like, oh, yeah, there's another Are you a loner? Human. Do you like being alone? Yes and no. Um, 
it, I mean, it gets awful like when you're constantly traveling, constantly by yourself, but it's also very freeing. I'm not dependent on anybody else's schedule. I can go and do as I please. Like if I want to go to the movies midday, I don't have to check with anybody. Like, hey, you want to see this movie? Like, who cares? I'm going by myself. I want to see this movie. So I'll go see it. So there's certain things that I love about it. And there's certain things that are incredibly frustrating. Like now I'm more used to my husband being around. So I miss him when I'm on the road. Aww. I'm like, I, I do. I genuinely like miss him. And But then when I'm home, I'm like, oh. <laughs> Talk to the hand. I'm so awful that by the time I get, I adjust quickly to be home and I'm like, you again. <laughs> but I love him. He's, he's an amazing person. I really lucked out. I got Do an you want kids? Um, I don't know. Yeah. Yes, because I love kids. Uh, and no, because I'm being realistic about the time I could dedicate to really being the mom that I would want to be. Yeah. You know, because yeah. I look at it and I'm like, I don't want to be one of those moms that's constantly handing her kid over to a babysitter or bringing the kid on the road with me. Like, yeah. that's no life for a kid. So I'm just realistic about the situation. Like, I know I, I me and my husband have talked about it. And we're both kind of in the same place where we're like, let's you know, we both love children and we would love to have kids. But we're also OK if we don't. OK, that's good. at least you talked about that before. Yeah. And you we have would to. be open to adoption, too. Like his yeah. brother has adopted before. So like. We'd be open to adoption too, but it's about being realistic about how much time you could dedicate to being, because it's such a, I mean, you know this. Tell me about it. I just had to stop a podcast (laughs) because my wife is letting my son run around crazy. No, I'm just playing. I love you, honey. I got to say, I love you, baby. I'm just playing. Yeah. He best say that. (laughs) You best say that. Um, so in the news, a lot of things in the news right now. Oy vey. What what what's one thing in the news that that's just throwing you off? Besides the Sarah Silverman thing. Okay, I didn't hear about that. Oh, what my happened? God. Tell me. First oh, thing. the death threat. Yes. The preacher. Yes. Oh, terrible. That's awful. First of all, okay, look. I I was a, a member of the Apostolic Church for seven years. I'm a person of faith. What type for of sure. church is that? It's what's it bl- called? Like, the, it's apostolic. So apostolic. It's, it's very close to Pentecostal. The best way I can describe it is think Pentecostal. <laughs> um, no makeup, no jewelry, no pants. Mainly, mainly long skirts. Okay, you know, and stuff like that. So, and and I loved it. Honestly, I met some of the best people. I made some amazing connections. Not all church people are awful, but this dude definitely is awful. It's horrible. Like, terrible example of a Christian, terrible example of a human. I've, I've never felt more at a time where, because of politics, religion is being devalued so much because, oh, yes. because they're saying, oh, we're still believing, but we believe in this person that's evil and doing everything that's against what's good. And I'm not just yeah. talking about like the president. I'm talking about just just different people. It's funny how religion is, this is the time religion is being tested because people are asking straight up questions. Oh, you believe in God. Okay. So tell me why you believe in this person then that's doing everything that God doesn't want. Yeah. You know, and I think it's being questioned. I think it's being put on. And I think it's an important question too, where you can't just believe in God when it's almost like a luxury. I believe in God when I need to believe in God. Well, you can't cherry pick. Like you can't look at somebody and be like, well, that's the, that guy's a person of faith or that woman's a person of faith or that person, however you identify, because I don't want to be that person that just doesn't use the right uh, terminology. No, it's true. Now. it's true. Whatever type of, of person is into like religion, like you can't just cherry pick the things and be like, Oh yeah, but I, I know he does this, but like, it's this part that I like about him. 
No, you're taking that person as a whole, unfortunately. So you can't just cherry pick the parts you like and ask the world to forgive the rest. You know, and I'm happy Sarah Silverman actually put the video out to let people know that this is going on. Because, I mean, I have a family. Two thoughts go through my head. If I put this out, I could be in danger. My fam- more, more than me, my yes, family could yes. be in danger if I put something out like this. But Sarah, I like that she did because it brings attention to it. It, it brings that, hey, these... This is a preacher at a church telling basically the people that follow him, Sarah Silverman needs to die. Yeah. Just the fact that anybody would receive a death threat based on their comedy is insane to me. It's insane. But but you shouldn't be preaching the word or whatever yeah. you're Oh, no, this is. guy should... Definitely be should kicked go to out jail. of the church. He should go to jail. He should he should be I want to say punished, but that's such a harsh word. No, he, he should be like he, he should, should not get in mad trouble. You should <laughs> not he did. You should not be able to have a large congregation preaching that yeah. and then just get fired. That there should be a punishment to that. There should be a penalty to you that. You threatened somebody's life. life, bro. But not just threaten it. Like, that's me going, hey, I'm going to kill you. You know, that's one thing. But when no, you're preaching. He legit it, said God should come down and what, like punch her in the face or something or like that. whatever it is. Whatever it was, the violence that he spoke about. And what's, here's what's so crazy is everybody looks at it and they're like, you know, trying to make arguments in defense of this person. Like, there are people that would actually defend that kind of and, behavior and that's in in those people that defend it they're saying they're believe in god you know it's like how do you believe in god but but okay this type of talk see that's the only thing i don't like what's going on oh yeah, yeah. you know because right now religion and that's what it's being called out it's being devalued but right now religion people are cherry picking and it's never been cherry picked so much where yes. if you really believe and say you believe in Trump, you have to really say I'm Christian or I'm whatever. I don't mind him uh, cheating on his wives. I don't mind him saying racist things. I don't sexist mind him things. doing sexist things. Uh, but he is uh, against abortion. So I'm cherry picking everything. So you're not, you don't believe in all of religion. You just believe in the one thing you want to take out of religion. And that's why I think this is a very important time. Like if you're going to believe, you got to believe in everything. You can't just believe in one thing. You you can't hold on to that one thing. You can't be blind or ignorant. Purposeful ignorance is the worst because you're being purposefully ignorant to the rest of the stuff that's wrong. And you're only concentrating on the one thing that benefits you and your beliefs. And that's what it is. You're holding on to this one thing. And in reality, there's a whole bunch of bad stuff you really should be looking at. Absolutely. That should change your mind about this person. And I mean, it's not, it's, it just seems like an epidemic of stupidity and everything that's kind of going on right now. What about Jeffrey Epstein? You think he was murdered? Hell. Or yeah. was it a suicide? Hell, what in the born identity? Of course he was freaking murdered. <laughs> it's crazy. I feel like we're. No, the thing that got me was what's her face's tweet about how he's under 24 hour surveillance. And then like moments later, the news hit that he was like, uh, that there was a suicide. And did you hear like his camera in his cell didn't yeah. work? Like they, he picked the, they picked the one cell where there's no camera. Conveniently. And, and then they took him off a 24 hour watch. They said he was okay. And 
Like there's, but they they handed him the tools as they did it. Like they turned <laughs> off the camera. They're like, you all right? Here's a bag of things you might need. Come on, man! Like really? I mean, well, I feel I'll, like we're watching a real like real life is a mob movie going on right yes, now. Yes, like legit. We're like what when I when the news broke, I was like, wait a minute, hold up. What do you mean he killed himself? <laughs> everybody, the right Twitter away, everybody went did he. Uh, did he? He just knew too much, man. He knew yeah. too much. He could bring down too many people, man. Mm-mm, I've seen too many novellas. I know how this is going to end. <laughs> His evil twin's going to pop up in Costa Rica somewhere. And right? they're going to be like, oh my God, he looks just like Epstein. <laughs> That's him, stupid. He's going to be chilling with Tupac, Elvis, all of them. <laughs> all somewhere. of them. All of them. Like all just of them. hanging out. Yeah. On this certain island. Yeah. <laughs> hanging out on the everybody thinks we're gone island. Like, no. It's crazy what's going in the world it's right insane. now. It's insane. It, it, it is insane. Like, I legit, I cannot watch the news without bawling my eyes out or getting super upset. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't even watch the news. I read I it. I don't. I read it now. Yeah. Because I read just, tweets. I, <laughs> that's how i find things out guys i read tweets and then i google there you go there just make sure you're reading both sides of the story oh yeah don't always. be the oh, person no, no, no. just I yelling out do. yeah i always do i don't even get on my twitter like that now because twitter became such a soapbox for yeah. a lot of people that i was like man twitter used to be something like, like people would tweet out little jokes little funny things and twitter just got so unfun yeah it got unfun real quick and became like this platform. And there are still some really funny, hilarious things that are tweeted, but you got to sift through so much, man. I hate when people trend that you like because you're like, oh my God, they died. I like, know. Like, literally. I get so nervous. I get so nervous when it's somebody that like I Like anytime it's trending. Betty White, I'm like, oh, what happened? To- <gasps> I know. Anytime I see a post with Betty White, my heart <laughs> stops a second and I'm like, oh, no, please. I, first of all, I love the Golden Girls, but I especially love Betty White because she's so badass. She's so awesome. She is the, she, she's the best. Like yes. literally, I've interviewed her. She is awesome. She is. I just, I, I am such a big fan. And every time it pops up on my timeline, I go, please, God, no, not Betty. No, not Betty. Like, every single time because they're all gone. Except for Betty. All right. Easily offended your comedy special. Uh, For people that haven't seen your comedy, what is it like? Uh, I talk a lot about um, relationships, a lot about stories from my life. I think because I've always wanted something that any audience could relate to, not just a Latino audience, but just any audience. So I wanted to talk about things that I've been through just from my point of view, from the point of view of a Puerto Rican girl that grew up in the South Bronx. And that, you know, has seemed to um, work for me pretty well. Yeah. I hate doing topical stuff, so you'll very rarely ever see me do topical stuff because it has a shelf life. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, it's 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 hard. I, mean, I find it painfully uninteresting yeah. to write about topical stuff, but when I see other comics do it, you respect it so much. Oh my goodness! And I mean, there are some amazing guys that write these quick, amazing jokes about stuff, and I'm, it's such a shame that it won't last because they're so brilliant you at know, it. Do you know Pete Lee? Yes, I love Pete Lee. He can write Pete's a joke. So, I mean, I've Pete's never. Amazing. He's like I'm, a machine. I've never seen a person that just a story come out literally a couple hours later. Yeah. He has a whole joke about any crushes. Yeah. Like crushes. He is. He's first of all, he's the most likable human being I've ever met. Aside from you, who's another person. Oh, like everybody, you're sweet. Everybody I've ever talked to that knows you is always like, Michael's so great. Like you're you are so liked. And that goes a long way. Oh, just like. You somebody's reputation can precede them in a bad way. The fact that yours does in a good way is, I mean, it's just amazing. And I, I, I just, you know, I, when I got into comedy, I just wanted to help as much people, as many people out at the same time, grow in the industry. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, you know, Hey, 
comedy is a competition too. But I also feel nobody's going to stop you from shining if you're going to shine. Yeah. You know, just because like, for instance, if another Puerto Rican girl got a role, that doesn't mean you're, if she does, if she kicks ass, that means that sets you up for the next role. It sets her up too, but it sets you up. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it's a thing where if something becomes popular and in, it helps out everybody. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I missed out with Fresh Off the Boat because I'm not, or uh, Crazy Rich Asians because I'm not, you know, I'm not fully Asian. I just waiting for this mix thing to pop. You know, black and Asian. I'm waiting for like, you know. You that, got this. You got this. You're going to be the one that makes it pop. You know, the, the half black panther. Or so, I just need a project with like black and the Asian. Half black <laughs> the half <laughs> I fight a panda or something. I don't know. That will be, that'll be the Netflix series. The half black, black panther. panther. <laughs> that'll be the progressive Netflix series. You know, the half black panther. Let's go. Let's, Let's do it. Go. If, uh, what do you work? Cause you act as well, right? I do, yes. Okay, how's that going? Um, I'm, I mean, I'm still doing auditions. I write my own stuff. Obviously, I've been touring so much with stand-up that it's been like, you know, mainly stand-up. For well, the how do you write? Months. Where do you write at? Do you write anywhere? Do Are you a writer or are you more of a, like, you think it and kind of beat it out in your head and go on stage? A little bit of both. Like, sometimes, I mean, I do like to sit down and write. I can't write at home. Like, I find it impossible to yeah. write at home or if I'm on the road in my hotel room. I cannot write. I have to be around people. Yeah, like I have to be like at a cafe and I don't want to interact. I'll have my headphones on because people, gross. But like, <laughs> I, I, it's so funny because I have the worst and people are always amazed here. I have the worst social anxiety and people don't, they, they're like, how? You're a comic. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm in control of that scenario. I'm on stage. I'm the one controlling it. Every other social environment, I have no control over it and I'm petrified 90% of the time and I have my headphones in you'll see me I look like the most confident person in the world inside I'm a crumbling child uh oh my god that's that's another story I can tell you okay so speaking of crumbling child okay speaking of crumbling child all right I'm on my way to do KTLA and I'm walking walking to to, uh the studio and this woman stops me and she's like oh I saw you walking in heels and then she goes are you with child and I was like my face must have been like, did this hoe just ask if I was pregnant? Like, legit, my wow. face was like, no, first of all, who says with child? What are you, from the 1800s? Like, <laughs> who says with child? No, I'm not pregnant. I just love food. Thanks for making me think of that before I go on TV. Like, I was, in, like, outside, I was like, <laughs> no, but inside, I was like, oh, God, why? Like, I was crumbling as a human inside. <laughs> So, so you told her no, right? I or, was like, no. And, what and she, she was an older black woman, so she just switched up the game. She was like, oh, you just thick then. <laughs> and I was like, this is not getting any better, ma'am. This is not, uh, I feel like you're digging this hole way deeper. <laughs> and then she goes, have fun on television. Yeah, have, have fun. fun on television, you possibly pregnant hoe. <laughs> I was crumbling on the inside. So it's, and that's why, this is why I don't talk to strangers, people. This, Cause they tell me I look oh, like I'm pregnant. Or, or like I, I get stopped a lot and then they go, Oh, you look, I, I you look way better in real life. I'm going to go, that must mean I look awful on oh, television. Oh my goodness. Like or literally. One, you look tired. Oh, that's my mom. My mom's oh, Asian. You look my mom, tired. My mom will call me and go, I saw you on TV. I go, oh, okay. You look tired. You resting? I'm like, oh my God. That that just basically means I look like shit. Thanks, mom. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate it. Thanks, mom. Thanks for watching. Please. I appreciate it. Wait, I, first time I was ever on television, my mom called me and says, I go, how'd it go? You know, what'd you think? She goes, you know... You, you turkey? I go turkey. She yeah. They have gobble. 
She says, you have gobble. And I'm like, what? She didn't. She goes, I have doctor. Fix that right up. Oh, my goodness. Like, literally, I've never worked out so hard for three months. how do you work out your neck? I know. He was like, "Mm." Yeah, right? Neck swivels. Wow. Were your parents encouraging? Like, my parents are very. uh, Were they? No, they weren't encouraging. My parents were just like, do whatever you want. How were your parents? Were they the same way? Or they were like, you're the best. You can do it. My parent, my mom told me when I was a little girl, her and my grandmother were both like, you're going to be on TV someday. Because I was such an eccentric kid. You know, when it came to making people laugh, I was painfully shy outside of my circle of people. But when it came to like being with my family, I was always, I always wanted to make people laugh. I always wanted to be entertaining. And um, that was a big thing for me. Like, if I saw somebody was upset, I had to make them laugh. I could not, and to this day, I don't like to see people upset. But, like, I I was just infatuated with making people laugh. And my parents saw it, my grandma saw it, and they were like, yeah, this is her path for sure. That's your path. Yeah, they just knew it. All and right. so did I. You did. You did. When did you yeah. realize you were funny? Like, as far as stand-up-wise. I think I always And when did you knew. start? I started um, when I was 17. I started okay. when I was 17, but I discovered comedy at 14. Um, Who'd you discover it through? Or what? Brett Butler. I was um, flipping through the channels. My, my parents had cable, and I was flipping through their channels unbeknownst to them. And I thought I heard footsteps because I was watching a scary movie. I love scary movies. And uh, I, was, I went to quickly like turn the channel, and on came Brett Butler's second stand-up special on Showtime, I think it was. Uh, and it's called Brett Butler sold out. I was already, you know, interested in, you know, making people laugh, but I had never really seen a female stand up comic, you know, really ever because they definitely weren't on a lot of them on TV back then. And I wasn't really watching comedy until this moment. So I see this woman and this beautiful Southern woman. She's so smart. She's She's sarcastic. She's funny. I'm getting everything she's saying at 14. I'm laughing at everything she's saying. And I, I just knew it. I said, that's what I want to do. I had never seen a woman captivating an audience with her intellect alone. It wasn't like, you know, especially watching like Latino programs growing up, it was all like women were scantily clad or they were dressed like clowns. It was mm-hmm. literally like they had like clown noses and big shoes. So for me, this was the first time I was seeing a woman who was controlling a room full of people with just her wit. And it was the most amazing and life-changing thing I ever saw. And you knew. You knew right there. In that moment, I said, oh, that's what I'm doing that. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know how to do it. But I said, that's that's it. And I became obsessed with stand-up comedy. I read books on stand-up. I watched stand-up. I liked, I mean, I was a comedy nerd. I still am to this day. I watched everybody. Through Brett Butler, I discovered George Carlin. And then George Carlin became my favorite comic. Um, he still is my favorite comic. Uh, Eddie Izzard. Uh, love Eddie is a dress to kill is one of the best specials. I have a great Eddie is a story. Tell me, please. Oh my God. So, okay. This is an embarrassing story for me and I hope Eddie is never hears this and forgets about this. Oh, he will. We're going to release it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Then tell him to call me. Um, So I was at Montreal. So my first year doing Montreal. So it was, this was when I did new faces. So I'm all nervous and excited because I'm at Montreal. Right. And I'm with Allie Breen, who's a, a good friend and uh, a fellow comic. And she was there, too, for, I think, uh, New Faces Unwrapped. And so we're standing in the Hyatt, which is the hub for Montreal, the big comedy festival that happens in Montreal, Canada. The Hyatt is where everybody goes to hang out, as you know. And we're hanging out at the Hyatt. And Allie goes, oh, my God, Eddie Izzard is sitting in VIP. 
you have to go meet him. And I go, no, I do not. Now, what's what he one of your favorite comics at that time? One of literally it's Carlin Eddie Izzard. Like gotcha. it's literally like he is like number two. OK. On the list. Did you tell him he was number two? <laughs> oh, you have no idea. So she drags me over there. I don't want to go. She drags me over there. She's like, you got to go. He's like, your favorite comic. He's like, one of your favorite comics. Drags me over there. And she's like, hi, Eddie. Um, I'm a big fan. My girlfriend's an even bigger fan of yours. I wanted to bring her over so she could say hi to you. And he extends his beautifully manicured hand. And he's like, hi, what's your name? And I go, oh, my God, I've seen all of your specials. You're, like, so amazing. And then he, he goes, great. And he's shaking my hand at this point. He goes, what's your name? And I go, I was at the gala tonight, and you totally killed, and it was amazing. And he goes, great, what's your name? And I go, I don't know. I have no idea what my name is. I completely forgot my name. I was so starstruck and fangirling so hard that I could not remember. And as he, like, let go of my hand, I was like, it's Gina. Like, I was like, whoa. I ran away from that interaction. I was so mortified. Oh my god! Have you seen him since, or that was not your- on a one to one? But I did go to see. First of all, he's such a brilliant comic. He's like one of those people that whenever I want, and it's such a shame because he, I he's quitting comedy to he? pursue politics. As far as I know, I keep burping coffee. I yeah, that, like, I, I mean, keep, you're just like, hey, I make yourself at home back because I'm burping like, coffee, and I, and I don't want to be like. Bleh, 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 bleh. <laughs> I've already licked one microphone. I don't need to burp into another one. <laughs> So um, I went to see him uh, actually once out here at uh, Dynasty Typewriter, which is a great room. Love that room. Um, I went to go see him and it was a show where he was just working stuff out. And I think it was called Working Stuff Out. And it was literally him just up there throwing out these ideas. I mean, even working stuff out, he's brilliant. And so then I saw him at the Beacon Theater and I was just totally geeking over the fact that I saw the beginning of this show when it was just in its infancy, sort yeah. of. And now it was his like stage show, and it was incredible. Did you get to interact with him like one-on-one again, or no? Thank God, no. No. Because okay. I don't, don't want to I think you're ever. prepared now. I think you're good I now. don't know, because it's like one of those things where it's like, I don't know how I'm going to... Okay, so I hid from George Lopez. Like, I was at... <laughs> well, you have a problem meeting people, don't you? I don't... Here's the thing. I've met some amazing <laughs> human beings... Uh, doing what I do. And then I have met some garbage people. Yeah. And I think my biggest fear is meeting somebody that I admire and having them be a garbage person. Yeah. And that's my biggest. You would fear. rather not meet them. I would rather not meet them. I would rather hold that ideal and not meet them than ever risk not liking them. Like, cause George Lopez, like, first of all, why are you crying is one of my all time favorite. Like, I can still watch it to this day. And laugh hysterically like it's the first time I'm seeing it. I love that special. And for me, like we were at the Laugh Factory one night. It was me, my buddy Eric Rivera. Shout out to Eric Rivera. What up, Eric Rivera? And um, uh, my girlfriend, Sam Murphy. Shout out to Sam Murphy. What's up? I don't know you, but what's up? <laughs> She's lovely. And we were all hanging out. And um, Eric was Eric was like, oh, yeah. He texted me. He was like, you want to go see George? And I was like, George who? And he was like, uh, Lopez. And I was like, do you want me to have a heart attack on the spot? And so we show up at the Laugh Factory and like he comes in, he goes on stage. And I'm literally like just like this, like watching him like a little girl. I just have my hands under my chin like a kid on Christmas Day. And I'm just sitting there like, oh, oh, oh. And then Eric says, well, he's probably going to come up here after his set. 
And I go, then we need to leave immediately. We should go. We should leave right now. Because I'm not. He was like, you want to go? And I was like, yes, right away. Before he gets off stage, we should leave immediately. And we did. We left. I was like, I'm not staying here. I ran away. So you left. I legitimately, I ran. I, I did not want, I didn't want him to be off stage. By the time I left, I was like, I'm leaving right now. Wow. I was so afraid. I'm so afraid to meet him because, and I've heard good things. Honestly, I've heard good things. But I'm still so afraid because I've just had so many experiences with people where it's like, I really wanted to believe you were such a good person. And then you see that side of them that just yeah. makes you go, oh, man. Or what's worse is the people that fake the niceness. And then you see the real. real. Oh, yeah. The oh, yeah. real, real. I'm going to tell a story. I'm not going to name names, but I'm going to tell a story. Oh, I'm going to guess. We'll talk about it after. <laughs> we'll talk about it after. I was doing an event and there was a, a, a comic that was there. And uh, this comic was, you know, with uh, with her management. Big cop. Big comic. Relatively. Relatively okay. big. Like, I won't say, like, big, big, but, like, relatively well-known. Okay. You know, known enough to get recognized, but not, like, a super, super, superstar, if that makes any sense. Not a Chelsea Handler. Yeah. No, no, no. Not gotcha. somebody like that that's, like, a A-list, I guess gotcha. you would say, like, yeah. a big name. But somebody that's known. Okay. Somebody that, like, if even if you don't know comedy, you'd be like, how does that person look familiar? Okay. And gotcha. so, um, this, uh, she was with uh, her management, and like, man, this was so embarrassing, and I feel so bad. And I go, I've gone through this with several people, because I know I, there's a lot of people that I, when you roll with, like, famous people, like, and you're just in the background observing everything, you see how they interact with everybody. And I've worked with some people, men and women alike, who are really good with their fans and who are really bad with their fans, mm -hmm. man. And this was one of those moments where I witnessed somebody being really bad with a fan and it was just the fan asked for a picture and there was like hesitation and kind of an attitude and then the picture didn't come out right. And instead of like let's take another taking one. another one, the guy was totally like shot down when he was like, hey, so the picture didn't come out right. It was like, no, we're not doing another one. It was literally like be happy with what, what you got. Oh, wow. And my heart broke in a million pieces because, look, there was a time, okay, speaking of Joe Rogan, there was a time I was chilling at the um, improv and there was a guy there and he was trying to sneak pictures of Joe who was standing there talking with Bert and talking with all of his friends. And again, my girlfriend Sam was with me and Sam just kind of tapped him and she was like, hey, they're actually really nice guys. If you just go up to them and say hi, you know, they'll probably let you take a picture. But if they see you doing that... They'll get pissed off. Yeah, they're going to get pissed off. And he was so afraid that I walked him over. I walked him over to say hi to them. And then he was still petrified. So I know the courage it takes for somebody to that, walk over and ask. 100%. And I feel like there are a lot of celebrities that I've seen shoot down people that want pictures. And I can't imagine. Look, I can't imagine what it's like. I can't imagine what it's like to be so famous that you can't walk down the street. Mm -hmm. I won't even pretend to understand that. But I do feel to a certain extent you are famous because these people 100%. support you. And I'm not saying you're entitled to them. I'm not saying that you were, because some of these people are well, entitled. I, I some think, of the fans are entitled. Well, I think they're, uh, yes, yeah, some fans get entitled, but I, I will say this, like, unless there's certain situations you don't mess with a person. Yeah. I don't care who you are. Like, if they're eating with their family, if they're with their family. But if they're hanging out at a comedy club yeah. where they're known for comedy and just hanging out, like, most of the time, we hang out just to hang out with comics and to meet fans. Yeah. You know, 
That is to me a hundred percent. Unless a comic's about to go up to stage, yeah. leave them the f alone. But if they're just hanging out at the bar or just talking with friends, man, feel free to come up to comics and say hi. And you're a big fan because I don't. At least the realm of comics I run around with, they would never like blow a person off like yeah. that. You know, but it's also like unless stay, that stay person was <laughs> unless that person. Now I have seen people come up to friends and like big comics and go, I don't really know who you are, but my wife. Does can and that's like the most degrading thing it's you can so say. Rude. And I, it's so rude. And now you, it's basically I'm shitting on you, but now I want you to do me a favor and take yeah. a picture. Well, of real my quick, can we do this? Yeah, real can quick? we do this? You know, my wife would be happy if we took a picture. And on I don't the opposite end, don't assume somebody's a fan. Like I went up to some athlete for a friend of mine, and I was like, "Hey, my buddy's like a big fan, and he wants a picture." I was, I'm sorry to bother you. And the guy was such a tool about it and looked at me. He was like, well, are you guys leaving soon? And I was like, uh, no, we're not. And I, I yeah. really, I was trying my best not to be rude. Cause I wanted to be like, I don't know who you are, doofus. I don't follow sports ball or whatever you play. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> sports ball. My friend is the fan, not me. Yeah. I could care less if you're standing in front of me. Uh, but the guy just grabbed my friend's camera, literally didn't even get up from where he was seated and just, I was roped into a picture that I did not want any part in. He was like, all right. And I was like, oh, I don't want this. Yeah. I don't want this memorial. I just hate mean people. I hate mean people. I hate mean people. Mean I people hate- suck. Mean people do suck. Now, there's a time when everybody might be... Nobody's perfect. I've been no. mean. I've been selfish. I've been a douche, I'm sure. There's people out there that legitimately hate me for good reason. I'm sorry, by the way. <laughs> and then there's people that know that I'm not really like that. That person caught me in a bad moment. Yeah. Where everyone just, has bad moments. Yeah. So and and I would assume, you know, somebody who's like super famous, somebody's like uber famous. Obviously, there's almost no time for you to be in a bad mood. Well, listen to this. The Rock, if he goes and meets a thousand people, the thousand and one person to feel like he's an asshole because yes. they meet him. So there's only so much you could do. Okay, August sixteenth. Yes, August sixteenth uh, on HBO Latino and all on all of HBO's platforms. Do, is there a time? Or, uh, I mean, I would say it says 930, but check your local listings. Check I don't know your local you listings. Live, I don't All right. know where you live. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. people, check your local listings because I can tell you 930. That's what it says on the promo stuff. But 930 where? Question mark. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Uh, what about touring? You're touring right now. You got yes, a website. Working with Gabriel. I'll be at the Staples Center and the Honda Civic Center December 27th and 28th with Gabriel. Um, shout out to the Fluffster and the whole crew. Shout out to Alfred Love and them. everybody on crew. Uh, and uh, shout out to my team as well for all their amazing work. And uh, yes, website ginabrione.net. Where can I follow you? Uh, Instagram at gbrione. Um, that's the one I'm most on. I also have a fan page on Facebook that I'm very active on too. Uh, I have a Twitter. You'll see me occasionally. <laughs> yeah, Gina Twitter I don't really use. Yeah. I just promote stuff on Twitter now. You'll see me repost on yeah. Twitter. Uh, but if you want to engage with me, I will be on Instagram uh, and or my Facebook uh, fan page. Uh, those are the two biggest ones. And then check out my podcast, Mess in Progress, which comes out every Monday. Every Mess Monday, we have a new episode. So check I need it out. to do your podcast when I'm in New York yes. one day. Oh my God. When, when so you're there. Yes, please. Hit please, me please, up. Please. I would absolutely love to have you on because you'd be a great, great guest. Oh, you would be. He's, He's great, world. Oh, my goodness. By the way, Thank you. saw the special. Yeah. Love the special. Thank you. I remember watching it in its, when you were building Infancy. it. Yeah. Yes, when you were building it and to see it finished, like, 
Bravo, dude. Thank you. Seriously, really great work. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I just want to bring everybody together through comedy. And I think that's the same thing you want to do, too. Absolutely. That's a good goal to have. And I love no matter what color you are, they can watch your show, they can watch my show and go, I can relate to that. Yes. And that's the most important thing. Absolutely. When you're crossing that barrier. All right. Thank you for stopping by, Gina. Thank you for having me. You're the best. No, you are. Okay. (laughs) For all you people watching, make sure you subscribe. You rate and review. Give it five stars. It's all about you making this big. We appreciate it. Uh, We'll see you next time on The Michael Yo Show.